Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hi, everyone, and welcome to My Millennial Money Medical. My name's Dev Raga, and I'm your host. And in this episode, we'll go through the concept of car insurance and some of the pitfalls to watch out for. Now, part of this will define some insurance jargon, and then we'll discuss some strategies which may help you negotiate a better deal. It's not a fail-safe method. It has its flaws, and it's not for everyone. Now, if you feel uncomfortable talking about road trauma, etc., you may want to skip this episode or listen to it in parts. Let's get started. Now, if you want me to discuss a specific topic, or if you have a specific question, don't hesitate to contact me via Twitter or via Facebook. For those of you that are new to the channel, remember the three main aims, education, empowerment, and entertainment. In the first half of this episode, we'll go through the concept of car insurance and discuss some of the cover types and the definitions. And in the second half of the episode, we will discuss some specific pitfalls to watch out for. And also, I'll go through my strategy on negotiating with insurance companies. It does work most of the time, but sometimes it doesn't, especially if there are greater economic factors at play. For example, the current inflation problem in Australia and globally. Now, first of all, why is car insurance important? We almost never talk about this. If you use your car for the purposes of going to work, which then generates an income, then you need to protect it. Otherwise, it impacts your ability to earn an income. I drive a reasonable car. It's three years old, it's not the cheapest, and it serves my purpose. Why did I spend $66,000 to buy a car? Well, because I drive a lot. I needed something reliable, cheap operating costs, safe to drive in, and it helps me attend work, which is my income-generating potential. So without a functioning, good quality and safe car... I'd be screwed. So I protect that by purchasing car insurance. So what is car insurance? I guess you've got to compare it to a put option. When you think about it, insurance is all about transferring your risk to someone else. So when you buy any insurance, you're paying a premium and asking the insurer to take on the risk. They assess the risk, they take that on, and they charge you a premium. This is very similar in the investing world called a put option. Supposing you buy a put option for company ABC at strike price of $5, and there is an option premium for that. The put option expires in three months, and this means if the stock price rises above $5, you don't want to sell the stock, but have lost your premiums. But if the stock price drops to $3, you now have the option to sell it at the strike price of $5 and pocket the difference, less any premiums you've paid. Insurance works very similarly. You pay a premium, and if something bad happens to your car, you then use that insurance option to fix the car. Of course, the insurer assumes you won't claim anything and keep paying the premiums. In fact, this is how they make money. They pull your risk along with others and then ensure more money comes into the insurance rather than payouts, which is the money outflow. 
Now, there are four main types of car insurance. Number one, CTP, which is compulsory third-party insurance. Number two, third-party property insurance. Number three, third-party property plus fire and theft. And number four, comprehensive car insurance. Now, some companies have additional cover within this comprehensive car insurance, and they call it platinum or whatever it is. But fundamentally, it's the same comprehensive insurance with add-ons like car hire or 24-7 roadside assistance. So let's break down each of these insurances one by one. CTP. This stands for compulsory third-party insurance. It covers you if you drive your car and injure or kill someone on the roads. It's a form of public liability insurance for you. In every state except New South Wales, CTP is part of the registration. In New South Wales, you need to get it separately, which to me sounds a bit bizarre being from Victoria, where everything is included in our registration. The other name for CTP is called Green Slip Insurance in other states. And in all states at NT, except for New South Wales, Queensland and ACT, CTP premiums are actually regulated. But in NT, Tasmania, Victoria and WA, CTP is part of your registration and the insurer is the state-owned or government-licensed insurer. And even though it's not included in your registration in New South Wales, you still need to get it it's compulsory. In South Australia, four insurers offer CTP separately, and in ACT, New South Wales and Queensland, you will need to shop around for the best price. So you can see that there's so much confusion in this basic insurance called CTP, and every state and territory seems to have their own policies, their own premiums, and their own regulations. Now, it's worthwhile talking a little bit about New South Wales specifically. The New South Wales CTP scheme has two parts to it. A, third-party insurance scheme, and B, lifetime care and support scheme. What is the third-party insurance scheme? Well, this provides compensation in the event of an accident which kills or injures someone. The compensation can be cost for medical, rehab, hospital expenses, loss of earnings even, any pain or suffering lifelong. You may get a payout or compensation whether you establish fault or not, and it depends on the situation. And the insurer can provide you with this scheme in New South Wales. There are six insurers who do this, Amy, Allianz, GIO, UE, NRMA, and QBE Insurance. And the pricing and behaviour of these insurers for this scheme is monitored by SIRA, the State Insurance Regulatory Authority. Now, What is the Lifetime Care and Support Scheme? This is the higher level of care and support that you may require, and it doesn't really matter whose fault it is when you get into an accident. You get the compensation regardless. This means if you're at fault, you're still entitled to all the compensation and benefits as the catastrophically injured person. Now, the way this scheme is funded is via a premium add-on called a fund levy. And that used to be called the Medical Care and Injury Services Levy, called the MCIS Levy. Now, we're still with New South Wales here. This fund levy is a fixed dollar amount based on the car and the location of the car. The fund levy, in turn, has two components. Number one, a bit that funds the actual lifetime care scheme. And number two, a bit, of course, which is used to fund the SIRA, which is a state insurance regulatory authority. I love the bureaucracy here. And it still doesn't explain why they just don't include CTP in the registration like they do in other states, which just makes it so much more streamlined, it's open, it's transparent, and it's less bureaucratic. 
So in New South Wales then, what determines the CTP pricing? There are multiple things. Number one, vehicle type. Number two, geographic location. I assume where it's parked or used. Number three, who owns it and what type of use? Is it private, commercial, business, industrial? And number four is the current insurance status. Number five, of course, is the driver age. Number six, the driving record. Number seven, any claims history. And number eight, and it also seems that the CTP is not standardised, but varies according to the person, but more so according to which insurer the person chooses. So the CTP is the most basic cover you need to get, and it's compulsory. Now, the second type of insurance you may want to consider is third-party property insurance. This is when you're at fault, and as a result of the accident, there is some property damage. That property can be public property, private property such as cars, homes, buildings or possessions. And CTP would not cover you for this because it only covers people that are injured or dead, whilst third-party property covers you for property damage as well. And this is the second most basic cover you can get, but it's not compulsory. Let's use an example to highlight this principle. Amy is a registered nurse aged 23 years old. She drives a 2001 Toyota Corolla, which has a tape deck, not even a CD-ROM. The market value of the car is $2,000. In this case, Amy will need to take out compulsory third-party life insurance, but also she can take out third-party property insurance as well. Now, Amy decides that comprehensive car insurance for a $2,000 car is simply not worth it. So if Amy has an accident, she'll be covered for damages she causes to third-party life and property, and a car won't be covered at all. Amy decides she has $10,000 in savings, so there isn't much point in getting comprehensive car insurance. She settles for CTP and third-party property. The premiums she saves, she uses it for the next car fund or invests it into a super or ETF portfolio. Now, my general rule of thumb is, when purchasing car insurance, it really shouldn't be more than 5 or 10% of the market value of the car. So if the market value of your car is $60,000, then you probably shouldn't be spending more than three dollars to $6,000 for your car insurance, which I think is actually quite high. Now, the third type of insurance that you may wish to consider when talking about car insurance is third-party property, fire and theft. This builds on the third-party property basic cover, but also covers you for fire and theft. And I think it's vital to understand that theft insurance is something separate and usually only covered in comprehensive car insurance. So if you don't have comprehensive car insurance and your car gets stolen, then it's a big problem, especially if you rely on that car to generate an income, i.e. to go to work and come back. Now, let's use an example to highlight this principle. Amy used to have CTP and third-party property insurance for a 2001 Toyota Corolla, the one with the tape deck. The market value of the car was $2,000. She's now sold it and upgraded it to a 2011 Nissan Pulsar at a cost of $8,000. She works in the emergency department and does all sorts of shift hours. Often hospital parking is overflowing, so she needs to park in the side streets, often in dark spots. She decides she needs to upgrade her insurance to third-party property, theft and fire, because the risk of the car getting broken into or stolen is now higher than previously. Who knows, if a 2000 Toyota Corolla gets stolen, it doesn't matter anyway. She's more worried about a 2011 Pulsar getting stolen, because it's worth more. 
she still can't justify paying insurance premiums for the more comprehensive car insurance. Now, just a word of note here. If you're a healthcare worker working at a hospital, remember your hospital is liable to provide you with a safe car park spot or means to get to that particular car park, which means it is completely acceptable at odd hours of the night to expect security to escort you to your car. In fact, in some of the EBAs in Victoria, that is actually in the EBA. The car park has to be well lit and the path to the car park has to be well lit. Now, unfortunately, in my experience, I've had people assaulted on their way to their car. These are healthcare workers that are just trying to do their job. So if you're a hospital bureaucrat, please listen. Providing a safe working environment to our healthcare workers is important and is a necessity. No one should feel unsafe going to and from work and also at work. Now, the last type of insurance is comprehensive insurance. This is the best cover you can get and some insurers have add-ons to this as well. It includes cover for your car and any other people's property. Now, you still need to get CTP in some of the other states, but in Victoria, it's built into the registration fees, remember. This is recommended for people who need their car all the time and can't live without it. Now, we're still with comprehensive insurance here. So, people like me, if I lose my car or if my car gets significantly damaged, I'm stuffed because I need my car to get to and from to work. Now, comprehensive car insurance, what does it usually cover? you need to check with your specific insurer and read the PDS. But generally speaking, most comprehensive car insurances will cover for theft, accidents, your car and third-party property, fire, hail, flood, vandalism, glass breakage, most insurance of at least once a year free windshield repairs. And the devil is in the detail. You need to check if the policy covers the contents of your car. For example, if you leave your laptop or phone in the car and it gets stolen, Is that covered? Some insurers will say yes, but others will say no. Additional options can be roadside insurance. This is 24-7 usually, cost extra. And additional options can be contaminated fuel insurance. Not all insurers will cover you for damage done to your car with contaminated fuel. Now, I drive an EV, so I don't really pay much attention to the contaminated fuel situation, but I suppose it could be a major issue depending on which fuel stations you may use. So I think it's worthwhile delving into that a bit more. I think there's a bit of value for some of the listeners who may not be aware that you can get contaminated fuel insurance when getting car insurance. So what is contaminated fuel? Australia has no fuel standards, which is very surprising. Or actually, the fuel standards are extremely poor. Often we get the dirtiest fuel, which no one else wants in the world, and we pump it into our car, which then goes into the air. What happens if you visit a fuel station pump fuel, and it damages the car. Who is responsible? Logic would say the service station owner is responsible, but it's very difficult to prove, and frankly, they won't pay citing fuel guidelines. We met the fuel guidelines, so we are very sorry for your loss. This is what they're going to say. What are some of the ways that fuel can get contaminated? Number one, water damage. This is huge risk, particularly in the recent wave of floods in Victoria and New South Wales. Fuel sitting in the tank of the servos can get contaminated by rainwater. If this happens, it damages the pipes and engines, which needs to be drained fully, and it's not cheap. Some of the symptoms of this are sluggish pickup, misfiring, lacking power or simply stalling, backfiring or pinging. The engine check light may also come on. 
There's been a famous case in New South Wales where 24 drivers who all filled up at the Caltus petrol station in Eastern Creek in New South Wales. They all broke down on the M4 and it happened all simultaneously and during peak hour. The media got wind of this onto the Caltech service station and of course when media get involved you generally get compensated. Now the second way that fuel can get contaminated is foreign particle damage. Iron particles, for example, within the fuel or maybe in the pipes can damage your car too. So what happens next if you think your car has been damaged by contaminated fuel? With Apple Pay and all the car transactions that we use, most drivers may not even get a receipt or want a receipt. I know that if I ever go to a fuel station and buy anything, I don't get a receipt. Trying to prove the service station owner responsible without a fuel receipt, even if it appears on your credit card statement, can be very difficult. There's been several cases where this has happened. The station owner simply refused to pay any compensation. Now, sometimes insurance agencies can pay for damages, but you need to check. You need to prove it by getting a mechanic's report. You need to have a receipt for the fuel. Usually NRMA and GIO would cover it, but customers of Amy may not be covered, so check with your insurer. They may cover car rental while your car is being repaired, whereas some insurance companies may not even cover car rental while your car is being repaired. Now, you can file a complaint with your state government body who's responsible for processing claims of contaminated fuel. In Victoria, it's through Consumer Affairs. In New South Wales, it's the Department of Fair Trading. Every state or territory should have a similar department. Just Google it. Here are some basic things you can do to protect yourself from contaminated fuel. Number one, always take a receipt. Number two, take note of the Bowser number. Apparently, it's always in the receipt, which I didn't know. Number three, take it to the reputable mechanic and have it checked and your cost, of course. Number four, notify the service station in writing. Number five, always fill out at trusted petrol stations. And number six, check your insurance policy that it actually covers contaminated fuel damage after this episode. So the last thing is how much to insure your car for. Agreed versus market value. There are two main ways you can purchase car insurance. You can just say to the insurer, cover it for what it's worth in the open market, knowing this is fluctuant based on the open market conditions. Cars usually lose value over time, so you get less and less cover for the same premium. Or you can agree to a specific value because perhaps your car is financed, so it's important that if something happens, you need to cover your costs of repaying the loans. Agreed value covers are generally more expensive. Market value covers are generally less expensive. Now, let's take a quick break. And when I come back, we'll continue and discuss some of the basic tips of reducing your premium cost and some of the pitfalls. And I'll talk a little bit about how I go about renewing my car insurance. Be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, welcome back. Now, before we go on to the next half of the episode, I just want to share a fantastic story recently. I have a nursing friend who is in her, I think, late 30s, who achieved a ETF for index fund portfolio or, you know, share portfolio of about a million dollars. This is in addition to the house, which she doesn't own yet. And this is in addition to the superannuation. She was extremely excited to share that with me. And I think that's fabulous. So really for her, now she's in her late 30s, it's likely that she's probably going to reach maybe three, four or $5 million portfolio if she really wants to, depending on how much she does work moving forward. So I know you're listening and if you are, well done. And thank you for sharing that real money win. I think that's fantastic. And I think we need to do that more. We need to share our money wins with everyone who's listening in. So if you have a money win and you want to share it with me anonymously and to all of the audience, just Facebook me or Twitter me and we can arrange an interview. It can be completely anonymous, um, pseudonames, whatever it is you want to do, because I really want to make sure that people learn from each other. And there are some things that I learn when I talk to other people. And I just want to be able to share that with the rest of the audience. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do in terms of car insurance for reducing your premiums, but they may actually affect your coverage. So there are some tips that you can follow, but be aware these are not, you know, be all indoor. You can do your own research on this. Number one, you've got to know your excess. Generally speaking, for car insurance, the more excess you have, the less the premiums are. This is not uncommon in any part of the insurance world, whether it be home, contents, building, or even private health insurance. In fact, in a recent episode that I did with an interview with Harry, he mentioned this as a great money tip. He has a lot of money in terms of emergency funds, and he felt that he didn't need a smaller excess in order to pay for some of these insurances. So he's negotiated a lower premium by just having a higher excess. Makes complete sense. Now, an equivalent of excess in the personal insurance world is waiting periods. Number two is Think about a no claims bonus. There is no standardized name for this and it depends on your insurer. A no claims bonus means you get a discount for not paying a claim and have a clean record. Some insurers may discount from retail policies up to 50 to 70% of the premiums if you have a no claims bonus on your policy. And sometimes if you have a no claims bonus policy and have an accident and make a claim, your no claims bonus still stands. And this only works for some insurers and not all insurers. You need to check. And some insurers only increase premiums if the claim that you make is as a result of your fault, whereas others increase it regardless. Now, supposing your car is hail damaged, some insurers won't increase the premiums because the weather is not your fault, whereas others will say, too bad, your premium will go up during the renewal period. Number three is bundle your policies for a discount. This is a really good way to save. Some insurers will have a 20% blanket discount if you have three or more policies with them. Sometimes it's even more. It depends on the insurer and it's all about pulling the risk together in order to reduce your premiums. 
Some insurers offer longevity discounts. That is, if you've been with them for a long time, they reduce the premiums or stabilize them. Pensioners often get a discount based on age, and if you have completed a special driving skill course, it may actually reduce your premiums. And these courses are called defensive driving courses or skilled driving courses. A couple of tips here. Watch out for companies which offer you massive discounts which only last one year, and then in year two, there are steep premium rises. I can think of at least one company in Australia that does this routinely. This sort of strategy is designed for you to enter their business and make it difficult to leave them, and also very common in discount insurance companies. And the second tip is multi-policy discounts are not automatically given by some insurers. Apparently, you need to specifically ask. I didn't know that. Number four, restrict divers age-based. Usually if the driver is under 25, then your premium is going to be higher. If the drivers are older than 25, it makes sense to restrict the age of drivers who can drive your car. Makes it very difficult if you have kids of driving age. Number five is online discounts. This is a very common way to get a discount. I actually have done this in real life. Rang the insurer, got a quote over the phone, and the online quote exactly the same policy was about $100 cheaper. Some insurers also provide a discount if you pay the whole year up front rather than monthly. Since we do most things online these days, it makes sense to get a policy online. When I renew, I don't do it online. I always ring up for a better deal. Now, I know that most of my listeners are millennials and they're completely fine dealing with online quotes. Their parents, their uncles, their grandparents may not be so comfortable. So to help them out, I think it's completely reasonable that we help them out by getting an online quote for them to make sure that they too can enjoy the benefits of getting a cheaper car insurance. And number seven is avoid loyalty. Simply ring up and email them for a better deal. It's a known fact that insurers offer raised premiums faster for renewals rather than new customers. This makes complete sense because they want more customers who are new to reuse the risk pool. Why would they invest their time and effort to keep you as a customer when they can get another brand new customer and they probably know that you're going to stick around due to the loyalty tax problem? Make sure you ring up and haggle every single year. The irritating thing that I find about this is you need to ring them up and there's often a long queue on the phone. So always do it early in the morning or late in the day and always do it while I'm productive at something else like driving to work or exercising. I don't sit at a desk and do it as an independent time because for me, time is non-renewable like everyone else. It's an opportunity cost in terms of time wasted for me. So I tend to do it at a time that I'm doing something else. And it often sort of makes me look busier than what I am. I often feel a bit irritated when I'm doing it on the phone. I often also get an online quote from the same insurance company I'm with before I ring them up. And if it's cheaper than my renewal notice, I use that as a leverage point. Number eight is specifically check exclusions. Now, you need to check for this specifically. Each insurer may be different and the risk you may get caught out. So in summary, here is a comparison you need to make. Premiums, excess, monthly or yearly payments, exclusions such as mechanical failure, rust, fuel damage, damage caused by unlicensed driving, drunk drug-affected drivers, storm damage, hail damage, theft. Please don't drink and drive and don't drive when you're taking drugs. That's stupid and ridiculous. No claim bonuses, remember? Break-ins, contents of the car which are stolen or damaged, is that covered? Roadside assistance, car rental, free towing, taxi fares, accommodation hour, etc. 
etc., etc. These are all the things that you need to consider. Now, what happens then if you're a low-income earner? Is there an option? I did some research on this, and there is an option. There's something called Good Shepherd Insurance. They're a charity organisation focusing on women's issues, family issues, and people who are on low incomes and are vulnerable. They offer a number of services for family violence counselling, parental support, youth services, financial services and coaching, small business coaching, loans and insurances, and more. The way that it works for loans and insurances is they offer a no-interest loan up to $2,000 to buy essential household items such as a fridge, a TV, furniture, washing machine, education supplies, laptops, tech products, car repairs, medical and dental payments. They also offer no-interest loans for cars specifically up to $5,000, any vehicle which you need to use for day-to-day activities. And in terms of insurance products, they're designed for people who have low income. They work with a variety of insurance providers and they integrate with Centerpay. And I think they also offer insurance in partnership with Suncorp. Now, I actually didn't know much about Good Shepherd Insurance or Good Shepherd Products as a chart which helps with financial services and insurances. I'm not sure if this includes students who are often on low-income situations. What happens to car insurance then if you have a learner driver in your family? You don't need special insurance. That's a myth. There are two main options. You can either add them to your existing policy or you can just take out a separate policy if they're out of their own car. And I suspect this is also true for the P-platers. Now, unfortunately, if they're between the ages of 16 and 24, they are considered high-risk drivers, which means premiums may be higher. And sometimes learner drivers have additional excesses. You've got to check with your insurer. If they drive a specific car, there may be an excess insurance, but most states have a ban on young people driving fast cars. And pretty much all the types of insurances relating to cars also apply to learner drivers. And the most cost-effective way to add a learner onto an existing adult policy, that's probably the best way to do it. And generally speaking, having a younger driver, learner driver, or P-plater will mean paying more for your insurance. I hope this clarifies some questions about car insurance. Most people don't think about it very much, but you really could shave off a lot of dollars from negotiating with the insurer. Now remember, when you save that money, you've got to have a purpose for that money. And my purpose for that money, when you're accumulating wealth, is to put it into an investment. So if you negotiate a better deal and you get, let's say, $150 off, you should invest that $150. Now, in terms of negotiating with car insurance companies, this is what I do. I always haggle every year with all of my insurances except private health insurance and personal insurance. I don't touch them. I feel both of these are pretty good for me now and anything I do to change them will be a lower cover than what I have now. So private health insurance and personal insurance, I don't haggle every year. I do haggle for home insurance, contents insurance and car insurance. I ring up the existing insurer and explain to them, I don't want to change, that's not my option, but I won't hesitate to change. I make it very clear that I'm here as their customer and I'll be loyal to them and they need to show some appreciation by cutting some of these insurance premiums off. I try and ring them when I'm doing something else, so it's a bit more productive for me that way. I usually take about 10 or 20% off the competitive quotes and also I expect them to either match it or beat them or even match the existing policy. The only time this hasn't worked for me was actually in 2022 
when I couldn't get them to match the existing policy at cost price. I suspect many people are in the same boat with inflation and more claims and natural disasters with floods in New South Wales and Victoria. All of this has meant collective premiums have gone up. But I did get a discount on their advertised premiums, which is a bit of a win for me. What that means is when they sent a renewal notice, I shaved off about $150 from that renewal notice and got it as close as possible to what I'm paying my previous year. But unfortunately, they couldn't make it cheaper than what my previous year was. So that's about it for this episode about car insurance. Thank you very much for listening. And congratulations to that nurse who's reached a $1 million ETF index fund portfolio in addition to a super and in addition to a home, which he still has a mortgage on. Now, remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be using, or leave a five-star review on all other platforms. That's even better. And on that note, please leave a positive review. And I found this positive review by Dr. M.S., who writes extremely informative, fantastic for improving financial literacy, as someone who works in healthcare, and it's, well, really great to hear this information from someone who's actually not employed in the financial field. It's very easy to understand. It's very interesting and it's very relevant. Thank you, Dr. MS, for that wonderful feedback from Apple Podcasts. And the more ratings and reviews you leave, of course, the more people get access to these podcasts. And I spend a lot of time trying to create content, and it's free. So please keep them coming. My name's Dev Raga, and this is My Millennium Money Medical. Until next time, please make sure you stay safe. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 